I am unashamed. What about you? If you were to bust this, there would be thousands of little Oh, yeah, because I've seen them kind of floating yeah. in the water. That fell out of my pants. You know what that means? It's just duck season. Duck season is here. When, when things are falling out of your clothing from I, the woods. I think everyone who, who are actually watching this, because we, we still, I just realized we still have our face paint on. We hurriedly came in and said, I was down, thinking so. Jason still got his face paint. I forgot about that. <laughs> yep. That's why you Zach and I can attest the, that you both still have your face paint on. This is why you shouldn't get the microscope out. It's a mirror. It's a mirror, not a microscope. It, yep. Remember that story about the plank in that dude's eye that said, Let me get this speck right. out of yours. They said you need a mirror. Somebody somebody sent me one of those, which I'm using it now for when I put face paint on. It says why Jesus died on the on the thing. It's like a little book, and you open it up, and there's a mirror inside, mm-hmm. which was a pretty cool idea. So I now have the whoever sent me that. I now mm-hmm. have that in my hunting bag. So not only does it help me in the morning when I put my face paint on, my mm-hmm. makeup for hunting. But it also reminds me of why Jesus died for me. Well, you need to put it. That's that's a great point. But yep. you need to look at that mirror on Sunday mornings when you, because you're into this, the vest thing you oh, told yeah. me about. Yeah. I, I thought about that. When you wear a bulletproof vest, it protects you. That's what dad from wears. Bullets. Look, when you wear a life vest, it protects you from drowning. Right. When you wear the vest that you wear, it protects you from temptation. <laughs> temptation? How, how is that? You're not following me? No. No good-looking woman is going to make a move on you when you have that vest on. Well, there you go. I never realized that, but that's an excellent idea. That's another great yeah. point for wearing the you, vest. You're so over. they not make their move? Because he's over 50 and he's wearing a vest. <laughs> I got you. You're out. But I've set yeah. the trend. Uh, without knowing it, you're right, Jace, because now about half the church, anybody that's a middle-aged man has started wearing vests like Al. Yeah. You know, I've started a trend at WFR. But I didn't realize that we are going to take the spiritual temperature up a notch because now there'll be we'll just remove that part of it. Well, when you see me with one of those vests on, go ahead and pull the plug. <laughs> I, I must say that the vest, maybe there's different kinds. I'm sure there are. But I don't know what this material is. Alpaca. Alpaca? Yeah, I bought oh, you that. alpaca. Yeah. We've lost Plus, you. Not only that. As you're looking at the vest, we've lost your sound. Yeah, and that's and the twenty-four percent twenty-four percent of this or the two percent, just two two uh, it's other other fiber linning, but thirty-four uh, percent is wool. You take wool. And wrap your antibody with it, you know. Forget the chicks. I'm just saying well, I'm just it, saying. it it will knock the wind, that cold wind hitting you. It, exactly. Another well, reason was, for the vest. I was trying to be humorous with, with a certain amount of life challenge in there, That's but right. y'all didn't y'all didn't get it. So, but I, maybe some of our viewers. Got oh, they it. got it. I'm sure they got it. All right. It. Do you want to tell the story, or do you want me to? What story is that? <laughs> so Phil's got a new dog, and uh, kind of like everything else they do in the pet world, they just name. He had a dog named Blue, and this yep. dog is named Drew. 
And so the the first thing is we wanted to stay in that, that the dog genre would not stay in the four wheeler. He basically did a lot of running alongside the. So the today caravan. was his first day, just so we'll yeah. first day of duck hunting. First day of duck. So then he comes and jumps in my boat after we left the dock. I'd say at least two hundred yards. He just comes running and jumps in the wrong boat. So I knew I should have known right then we're gonna have problems. So I got him on the his little dog spot, and then he immediately come out there and tried to help us put out the decoys. But it was mainly every time we'd throw one, he would grab it and take it to his little lair. Oh boy, he's been yeah. to, to train. Yeah, he's been trained, but he's been to school. <laughs> but this was his first day to ever actually hunt with us, and he his job is to go retrieve the ducks exactly. and bring them back to us. And that so was, he, he learned that at a slow pace. So apparently, he, apparently, his training didn't quite have him prepared for the actual hunt there, there's there, you got you have live ducks flying by and a lot of gunfire yep. and that's a whole different deal and you got the training okay but you can only do so much right so you have to be patient to see if the training paid off if their natural instinct they're bred to do this go retrieve ducks Labradors, including, retrievers, including decoys, because he's probably been getting dummies. So he—he yeah, he, he the thinking. first thing he did is when we shot a duck, is he went out, got one of our decoys, and brought him back to me. I yeah. said, "Nope." But his Wrong. next trick was <laughs> so. Then it turned into a series of jokes because used to we'd make a video every year, right? And so someone offered the idea that this year's video, if we were doing one, could be called "What's Wrong with Drew." <laughs> <laughs> however, however, with patience, by the time we got to number, well, wrong? wait a minute, Phil. Let me let me back up before you give the end of the story. So I'd say eighteen to twenty ducks in. I mean, we had a good hunt. Yeah, he has retrieved one duck and twenty-two shotgun holes. Oh. When the show, he, when the holes would come from the weapons and fall around the blind, he would go get the. He, he, get he, he said, "I've been trained to pick up things that that fall out there in front of me." So he thought, he said, "I'll pick mm. up their holes and bring them in." But you know, it's hard to tell a dog. You don't want to bring in shotgun shell <laughs> holes. You need to bring back ducks. You're swimming. He pick up a duck, drop him. And go pick up a hole and bring it so, to me. So at this point, if I'm understanding correctly, confused is, is he's is, bringing everything in from in front of the blind except for dead ducks. That is right. Okay, all right. I just want to make sure he had a problem. I said he had left wing tendencies because <laughs> rather than acknowledge the creator, he he acknowledged the cleanliness of the environment first. <laughs> yeah, I must pick up every hole, which is great. Yeah. That he's doing. That's what I. An environmental dog. That's after pretty, we laugh, we go around and pick up the holes and take them out yeah, of the way so they don't did. shine. The right, mud, you right, know. Right. So I did tell Phil I was taking it for him. I said he does possess a skill. Yeah. yeah. But when you look at our world the way it's set up, picking up trash is is a pretty low bar. Yeah. We should send him out to California. But it's a needed bar. Yeah. So I said he is useful in some capacity, but it was hilarious. Because we would shoot a duck and the duck is out there. 
he takes off and then he's like, let me pick these holes. Up. <laughs> what I found fascinating was he would get a hole in his mouth. And you remember that movie? What was the movie with the guy with the toothpick? And he would, fl- <laughs> he would flip the toothpick around in his mouth. In his mouth. What uh, was and that? he got it hung. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> his name was like T or something. Wasn't yeah. that? And uh, was yeah, he was, a, he was he was an ugly guy. Remember, yeah, he was yeah. kind of a. It was a Chevy Chase movie. Some some somebody who's like, <laughs> <laughs> See, he was well. This it. dog would do that. He would flip the hole around inside his mouth, and he's, he's circling around. <laughs> he, then he would do the patented. Dog gag. Oh yeah, because because his his mouth time, would be fixed open with water gushing yeah. in, and he about the time we decided that uh, this was not the right dog to fit into what we do, <laughs> he he actually jumped out there, moved around a little bit on the front, and I'm trying to point him out there this duck, and all of a sudden he something did. hit him, and I mean he started swimming. Faster than any dog I've ever seen swim. He was just going out across the water. I mean, he was moving. He went straight past the decoys, which he had been trying to pick up. He went past the decoys (laughs) and picked up a duck lying in the water, a gadwall, and picked the thing up and brought him right back back. to me and handed him to me and looked at me. I I said, we've waited a couple of hours here. but (laughs) Borderline miraculous. And then the next duck that came in, he he made the move on him. So you think he's he's crossed the threshold? What he didn't realize is that, well, I was glad to see that (laughs) he was learning. I mean, it was quite a morning. I thought of every passage in the Bible about a dog, and you know what I realized for the first time? They're all negative. (laughs) Like dog returns to his vomit. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, why are we upset? He's yeah. a dog. Right. He don't know. Even the dogs get it, the crumbs it, that fall from the table. It was actually so bad that no one was upset because we thought this dog, I mean, Phil was like, nope, nope. And I was saying, no. Yeah. Come, and Phil had already, because our cousin, John, is the one that sent us the dog. Right. Uh, you know, Phil doesn't have a cell phone, but the text had already gone out. Come pick up the dog. <laughs> Forget the thousands of dollars spent on the train. Donate the dog to the Sierra Club. But he's not dog so he came through toward the end, two okay. great retrieves. I said, boys, all I can tell you, there is hope. Yeah. So I hope he learned from, from the trainers they can only go so far. There, there's no, like, gunfire ducks hitting, you know, where, where, I mean, it's just a different thing when you do it for real. Right. So we're going to be patient, and uh, yeah. we're going to take him back and forth, you know, for a few days, and we'll check him see out. See if he acclimates. He, see if he gets gets. gets well, you now know he can retrieve a duck. So yeah. that's a, it's, well, it's like that's, you, Al, never having duck hunting, duck hunted one day. They they'll show you a gun, and they'll show you how to shoot it, and there's the safety, and they'll give you gun gun skills and all that. And then you're looking at it, you know, but but you really, but if you've never duck hunted, you get out in the blind and look around, all of a sudden, ducks are coming by so fast. You're like, what in the world? Yeah, the speed it, of it. It takes a while I mean, to I've, get acclimated yep. to the real thing. But in dog terms, they're the same way. you got to yeah. give them a little time. That's right. So That's we, it's we the have power hope. of hope is because when that dog, despite it being the worst Single performance by a Labrador dog I've ever seen in our history. 
Yeah, yeah. I've never yeah. seen a dog worse than this. He never acknowledged a duck falling at any point. He didn't listen to the whistle, no hand signals, all that stuff he's been trained on. He never acknowledged He it. was just running willy-nilly, picking up shotgun shell hulls and decoys. <laughs> and I said, he doesn't understand duck hunting yet, but we'll give him a little time. Well, so, but once he got one, all of a sudden, sigh yeah. and feel everybody be softened up. Right. No, it, it was, to... yeah, it, it was not good. Yeah. Uh, I was hoping he could just make it back to the abode alive <laughs> at this right. point because it was a terrible <laughs> distraction. I was like, tie him up. I mean, they had to tie him up. But what's funny is, what's ironic is that I noticed Burley was here when I walked in today because I just got here. And I look over in the pen, well, I see blue. Yeah. And I'm like, of course, he's gotten a little grayer. You know, he's retired now from hunting. But I was like, it was like a flashback. I was like, yeah. Burley, what's happened? Why is blue here? And he said, well, he goes, you, you gave him to Burley. He, he lives in Colorado now. And so he's, he said, well, I brought him with me down here because he's my buddy. And so he said, but Phil, he said, blue went and jumped to the forward. Phil just took off because it was like old times for dad. It was just like you didn't realize well, he I wasn't. Think, I think he thought he was Drew. What, what the problem was with Burl. <laughs> is that Burl's woman, and I remember when they married and they got two, two or three girls, three girls, I think, yep. came out of that, that marriage. But Burley's woman told him, when you leave to go to Louisiana for your duck hunt during the winter, yep. you get that dog out of here. <laughs> That's why Burley brought the dog, is his woman saying, get that thing out of here because – I let him in my house one time. Go make a yard dog out of him. No. Old Jay said that's a, what we ought got to do. Got a wasp. So uh, it, 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 a wasp now this is, this wasp is mad, and so at some point in this show, he's I'm probably going to kill this wasp. So I just want everybody back to legs. He's smoothing out his back legs for a fast flight. Yeah, and fast it's not that I don't like wasp, but when they get in our zone. You have to take them out. Which happens quite a bit on the unashamed yeah. pile. Don't hurt yourself. Oh, watch Don't hurt yourself. Dad, you get, yeah, I'll, I'll, <laughs> um, now he's mad. Yep. You don't want to miss. <laughs> well, you miss. So somebody's Oh, oh boy. Somebody says he gets no pile. There you go. Where'd he go? Oh, boy. He's up. He's, he's out. Right. And I don't have a hat. Where's he at? Right, right, right above you. Right above the pan, buddy. Don't tear up the pan. Oh, he doesn't have a hat. I heard him bounce off something over there. Trust me, that's a confirm. Wow. All right, we're back. Better than ever. Where were we when we were so rudely interrupted? Well, he was madder than a hornet. So here's what I've learned. Did we take a break yet? Let's take a break. <laughs> so Zach and I had a conversation the other day with the owners of a, a company called Good Ranchers. We've been talking about them quite a bit on the podcast. And, you know, just we love being able to talk to our advertisers because you kind of get a gist for who they are and why they got into what they're getting into. And it was way more than with these guys just meet. I, I didn't realize they were really strong believers um, they've been, most of them have been in ministry, uh, for, for most of their lives. And, you know, they just decided they wanted to get into a business that really helped 
not only produce a good product and a good meat, but they wanted to help other people. And so they've really saved a lot of people uh, a lot of jobs because there's so many Americans losing their jobs because all this food is meat is coming in from other countries and things like this. And so it's a great product. It's uh, it's very affordable. And uh, they work hard to keep it affordable because, you know, they're having to watch out for all these foreigners, China and all these other people, Dad, that will put the cheap stuff on you, you know, in a bad way for us. And so uh, we like them. I, I like their values. I think they need our support just to be able to keep their business going, too. So we want you to check these guys out. It's goodranchers.com slash Phil. Right now, you're going to get 10 free fillets. In addition, you if you subscribe to their monthly that comes to your house, you save $25 off of each subscription box. So you get 10 free fillets, that's $119 value, free express shipping, and $25 off your monthly subscription for life if you go to goodranchers.com slash field. Check them out and let's support these guys. We're back from this commercial with one dead wasp. <laughs> we hope. I mean, he's well, not a confirmed I mean, kill. I'm going to tell you this. Well, I picked I a heck of a day not to wear a hat. With such force, the when he, the sound that reverberated off the top of that stove. Oh, that's where he hit, yeah. Yeah, it went, what, ding? <laughs> yeah. So I think he's dead. Here's Dad, what I've Dad, learned. you had the wrong weapon for wasp killing. The, the uh, beanie hat is no good. That's right. You were just making it mad. We're in Matthew 19, so this will be good. Since Jesus reminded us that God made us male and female, I learned something. This is along the the lines of you know us having Labrador retrievers, and because some people, you know, they bond with their animal. But here's what I noticed about women: they have this same love and adoration for plants. The last time we went to Tennessee, I heard my wife talking on the phone and I thought that something had happened to someone close to us because she was having somebody go over and check on them and she wasn't sure how they were. But, you know, I think if they make it through the week, they'll probably be okay. She hung up the phone. Yeah. And I was like, well, who, who do we know that's in the hospital? And she's like, no, I'm having someone go over and check on my plants. And one of them is not doing well. I was like, you stopped your life in a car to have someone get in a vehicle and drive over and check on your plants? And had that concerned of a conversation? Yeah. Chase, <laughs> remember what I said when you were a little child. When God made a woman, he made a strange creature. Remember the strange creature part. That's... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just thought. So I'm saying we do the same thing yeah. with our duck dogs. We have this weird relation because, I mean, today it, it, it truly influenced the, the entire blind. I was just like, can we just duck hunt? And Jay said, I'll make a deal. I will be better than a dog if y'all will give me a chance. Well, we didn't you take think a, about it. Females, females got here by the skin of their teeth because you take a rib out of the man which is mm -hmm. not a whole lot to work with, <laughs> and, and he made a wool man. Well, from one rib, I mean, I'm just saying they've come a long way. 
Well, <laughs> think so about it. You, you came from dirt, <laughs> huh? You you came from a hand. Brought him up dirt. out of the dirt, and then took one of his ribs. He came out of the dirt, and a rib's not much. If I had and a I, choice, I'd rather come. Somebody from a said rib we have more dirt. on one side of man than the other. Is no, that true? I said that because I I read that somewhere, but it turned out to be. False news. Oh, that that men didn't have one less rib. I'd heard that before too, but I never knew if that was true. I didn't consult a actual physician. Yeah. Is that true, that, Josh? Your dad's a doctor. Ask your dad that about true? that. Research that. Send him a that. Someone get on, and we want that and the toothpick going round and round. So I do want to mention because uh, this podcast is going to air the day before Thanksgiving that uh, we are we're actually having ours a day early, which is good, Jason. It means you'll get to be there, right? I'm actually going to be there, and yeah. then I'm going to go to my other family in Tennessee, and we're going to have Thanksgiving because we're expecting the first grandchild. The first grandchild. And Jace, you look, are fixing to be, are you ready for this, a grandfather. And so is Phyllis because uh, they're expecting too. So that, that will mean that four out of your five children – Will be grandparents. Yeah, getting old. Everybody but Jeff. We're getting old. For me, that's great grandchildren. Yeah, you know, You're, I don't know how they got great and grand out of the same. It's just thing, they keep adding. I great. guess they're trying years to be, on the they, years have been good. God allowed you to live. So just, well, well it's listen, great. To this. Yeah, great to be great. I that's, have some. That's it. I have some earth shattering announcements here to make. I mean, I've been married to my wife for over 30 years. <laughs> good save. And a <laughs> good save, Jace. She she has an epiphany this year for Thanksgiving. And she requested from your wife, my mom, that she teach her how to make sweet potato pies, which are my favorite. And I've already gone through my tradition every year. I eat an entire sweet potato pie, the first one. This and Kay cooks them. Of course, this year she made them smaller because she was worried. Well, you ate the mini pie on the thing, which, by the way, I've had at least three requests because of that episode of people now wanting mom's recipe, which get her cookbook because I think it's in there. But Well, now here's the deal. So Missy, they have a session. So and, And she's like, the filling was easy. She said, but that crust oh, yeah. was a work of art. There you go. She said, I'm not sure. That separates the the women from the girls. Of course, you got to remember. And it separates the great pies from the not so great. This is exactly So she right. went and cooked me a sweet potato pie. Missy did. Really? Yeah, after she had the session. And how long did it take her to pull this feet off? I don't know. She was gone for quite a while. 30 years? I'm talking about... Oh, oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> when, did she, when did she come to over say... Over 30 you know, years. I'm going to make the sweet potato pie. Over 30 years. Yeah, it's a slow go. And she did spectacular. I, I was... Of course, she's gotten to where... So her first one was a good one. Good one. I said a little too much sugar. She said, well, I put how much... Kay told me to put in there. I said, well, her measurements are generalities. So whatever you went with, a little less. Yeah. But uh, the crust so you, you was magnificent. So you it properly. You got it properly. If, she, if I mean, she nailed the crust, then she's, she nailed the crust. she's golden because that's the hardest crust part. Crust is the key. On crust the is the key. On I any mean, pie, but I especially that pie. The entire pie right then. That's a thumbs up then. So, yeah, I, I just thought I'd. So now look what she's doing. So for our. So now she's going to make them for your she's, Tennessee. She's making two of them. And 
So you can make an analogy that just like waiting on your retriever to do something grand, I'm sure you have to be patient. And when you, before you finally get on the level of sweet, you know, homemade sweet potato pie, you have to be patient. Sometimes it takes a while. Well, and the thing is, though, Dad, you know, what happens is we're watching the evolution of our family, you know, without being morbid, we're realizing that you and mom, you know, you got less in front than behind. That's right. And so everybody's like, we want to carry on some of the great traditions and food yeah. we have. So everybody's wanting to learn. Just and like that sweet potato pie thing can go away and you never oh, get it All back. it takes is one generation. You lose to, it in one generation. One generation deciding nobody's going to learn how. It's gone. Gone. Because she's gone. learned the chicken dumplings, too. But she's I'll about to be a grandma, see? So she's going to be the favorite grandma because she makes the But here's food. what I hate That's to what say. it is. You know what? That's what it is. She's getting at the age. There's fixing to be a grandchild. She said, I don't even know how to make a sweet potato pie. I need pie. to know that. My husband loves so it. So she shut down everything. We brought that a little Mia with her. Yep. And they went in there and they. Well, they had yeah. mom over at their house for the tutorial. Oh, know, yeah. She well, in. she was supposed to come down right. here. But Kay's reached a certain age to where she forgot. <laughs> yeah. And so that she was in so, town. So I called mom this morning. I was like, mom, you know, she said, well, it could always be worse. This is the first thing she says to me. It could always be worse. I was like, "Yep, I say that every day." What, what, what's happened now? Well, I, you know, I don't know how to. Me and your daddy don't know how to operate the new alarm clock. And I said, "You don't know how to operate it?" Yeah, I said, "Did it not come with instructions?" Well, I think I threw them away. There were four, <laughs> four little devices on the back of it, and you don't plug it in, and there was no battery in it. I said, well, there's no battery. She said, no. And I said, you don't plug it in. No. I said, let's see. How is it working? So one of these things, one of these things you turn backwards and and then it stops. There's a new sound. It only runs. And then that spring, when it gets down, I don't know what time, how long it'll last. It's a wind up. But she gave it to me. I, I tried my best for about 30 minutes. To see how the thing works. So I was thinking, I never was, figured it out. I was no. thinking you couldn't figure it out because it was electronic. You couldn't figure out how to do a wind up clock. I was looking for for two uh, little words, on and off. Well, look, I found neither. Oh let's bypass word. the Bluetooth and things in the cyber world, and let's go to something called electricity. <laughs> we I mean, we make things, yeah, that we can actually I plug told her, I said, get one with a wire coming out of yeah. it, and I'll plug it in. I think it, we can figure it out. But but that thing, I said, so the I, I looked, and it, it hurt my feelings, but it said in, in bold letters at the bottom, Made in China. Well, China. Made a in new China. China. That's the one thing I've never said to my wife since we've been married. We need a wire. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said, have you let Dan look at it? Well, I hadn't done that. I said, let Dan look at it. Maybe I can figure yeah. it out. But so her problem was she overslept two hours. She had yeah. people coming over. She was supposed to cook for them. So then she had to call them back and tell them to bring the food. To your point that mom is getting a bit forgetful. Let's take another break. So we've established this before. Dad and I are chair men. We're recliner men, but you're a couch man, Jace. You, you, you yeah. Like, you like the couch. I That's, do like couches. You kind of got a little couch just your length, right? That's your favorite place to be. Watching mm-hmm. your stocks, you know, go up or down, or all the things you do. I don't know why y'all keep bringing that up, <laughs> but yeah, I like couches. <laughs> so one of our sponsors, uh, Helix, has made a 
uh, some couches under another a name under their company called Allform, A-L-L-F-O-R-M. And they make premium, customizable sofas and uh, ship them right to your door. They do make chairs as well. So we're all covered yeah. for, from Allform, which is really good. Excellent couch. Lisa and I put ours together ourselves, which and I'm not much of a put-together guy, but that's how simple it was. Uh, they send it to your house. You get 100 days to decide whether you want to keep it. That's more than three months. Uh, I still have mine a year later because I love it. They have a forever warranty. So, Chase, oh, wow. you love those forever warranties. Um, check them out. Go to allform, A-L-L-F-O-R-M dot com slash unashamed. And Allform is offering 20% off all orders for our listeners at allform.com slash unashamed. Get you a comfortable couch. Well, look, yesterday, so we had a guest speaker from Jerusalem. Is he a scholar? He is. I mean, yeah, yeah he's a, sharp he's, guy. he's like a, he's like a rabbi level. He's a Christian. Yeah. So I don't know that he can be a rabbi. I don't know how that works, the rules there in, in Israel, but he's, he's rabbi level. And he taught Matthew 19 where we're at. Which was well, we just happened phenomenal. to have him coming through, and so Kelly called and said, "Hey, Shulam's going to be here." I said, "Shulam from Jerusalem." He said, "Yeah." He said he's teaching the class. I said, "Well, let's put him in the let's let him preach because yeah, it was great." Yeah, he basically and he happened to be in Matthew nineteen, which is where we are. He took Matthew nineteen. It was the most positive rendition of Matthew nineteen that I've ever heard because he took the three stories here which is the pharisees were trying to test him and and which was amazing is he took up for the for the pharisees more than anybody because he's yeah. like you got to remember they were just trying to test him nothing wrong with that <laughs> it was and the most positive spin on pharisees i've ever was. heard but he he had a good point he he knew a lot of noble pharisees through the years and the history who came to jesus which i wouldn't know that unless i was from israel and he's like, well, they were, some tried to test Jesus, and they still try to test Jesus, but they reached the conclusion that Jesus passed the test. Well, I, he, lo- I love that line he, when he, he said brought, that. He brought out several texts that I had not noticed before. <laughs> he, he went to two or three of them where they they went away amazed at who he was. The Pharisees. Got to remember, he's saying there's nothing wrong with the testing in chapter twenty. Jesus reaffirmed what he said in chapter 16, and I think the following text. And You're talking uh, about the prediction of his the, death? The prediction, that's right. 16, well, well now, but he did say, he put, the, put it in these people's lap. Uh, we're going up to Jerusalem. This is chapter 20, verse 18. And the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priest and teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will turn him over to the Gentiles, that's be the Roman soldiers, to be mocked and flogged and crucified. On the third day, he'd be raised from the dead. So it's a pretty serious matter when it says they came to test him. I do not think their motives were spiritual. Yeah, well, and, and certainly it didn't turn out positive. For but, his point, all. but his point was some of them in the testing process put their faith in him, which Nicodemus came to mind. Yep. Yep. Nic- Nicodemus was going at night and saying, Hey, and I mean, he came around. So. Well, the other thing was, look, Jesus, it didn't matter who, how many times you put him to the test. Anyway, Satan tried him too. He's the son of God. 
he never failed the test, whatever the test was, That's and right. whoever was testing him. So, well, what I liked about his sermon was that he took one of the most difficult passages in the Bible. There's been been thousands of books written from various. Oh yeah. A to Z. And he, he's, uh, he's, he opened up, he said, you know, I wouldn't have chosen this text to yeah. share with you today, but it was given me because that's where you were. And I was like, yeah, that's right. That's no, he did a fantastic job. But his point was in each of these three settings that God displays his unlimited patience, which you were referring to, talking about your wife, learning how to make sweet, make potato, sweet pie. potato pie, but just in, in generality, that he showed God shows his his love and patience despite our weakness. And so in the first one, which was the marriage and divorce, they were the the trap was verse three, the Pharisees came to him and to test him. They said, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? And Jesus said, Well haven't you read that God made them male and female and for this reason, male and female a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh, so they are no longer two but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let man not separate, which they knew knew that. But then verse 7 is kind of the trap part. Well, why then did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? And Jesus replied, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard, but it was not that way from the beginning. And then I'll tell you the truth. Anyone divorces a wife except for marital unfaithfulness and marries another woman commits adultery. So, and then he basically said, Moses represents the law. The exception was a sexual type of sin, but he said, you got to remember that God was showing his patience and he was, he was not deterring the law, which I thought was a good point. He's like, nowhere in the Bible does it say don't keep the law. It says don't keep the law for salvation because you're not going to make it. It it was a really good point. So he's like, well, why should so much chaos ensue when God is, is giving you a path to salvation? Through him, despite your weaknesses and your breaking of the law. And he went back, I thought, in a brilliant way. And free from law. Yeah. But he went back in a brilliant way because he went back to Deuteronomy 24, which is where this idea comes from. Exactly. But when you go back and you read that section, which I did is the first five verses of Deuteronomy 24, when you read it, you realize the debate they were having was in their first question for any and every reason. Because you go back and read that text, it was pretty clear that there had to be some something bad happened to put this wife away in divorce. And by the way, it was being done to protect them too. Because in those days, unless you were married under a man's, you know, leadership and ability to eat, you starved to death. Mm-hmm. That's why you wanted a son to take care of you. So you know, if you didn't have a husband, you needed a son. I mean, in their world, there was nothing like the world is today. So these women, literally, their lives were on the line. So he went back and he talked about that, that that's, that was the debate going on in the first century too. Can you divorce her for any and every reason? In other words, you just get tired of her and you divorce her. Or it, the only way you can divorce her is if something happens, which Jesus addresses that. But to your point, Jace, he went back to the beginning, 
which was the ultimate right way. And that's look, you don't want to get divorced. I mean, yeah, it's better we want when you stay everybody married, to get along. Which was his point. Stay, he he was he stayed positive. Yeah. You say, well, what happens when it don't? And his point was, well, Moses allowed it via the law so that despite our weaknesses, there would be a, a path. And, and so even now today, you have some churches, I think it's a minority, but there's a few out there that I've heard of, that they'll make something that happens in a divorce situation or adultery an unforgivable sin. Well, that's what they've done with this text, which yeah, is unfortunate. Right. <laughs> Let's take another break. So you have homeowner's insurance for a good reason, because without it, a fire, a flood, a burglary could easily destroy you financially. But there's another major crime that your homeowner's policy doesn't cover. It's home title fraud. Uh, The FBI calls it one of the fastest growing crimes, and it can absolutely ruin you financially. Cyber thieves go online. They steal the title to your home. They borrow money against the equity you've earned in your home, and then they spend it themselves, leave new hole in the back. So it's a in that in, in biblical terms, it's an invent ways of doing evil yeah. sort of crime, and yes, it's impacted a lot of people. So we want you to be able to be protected and have a barrier around your home's title. That way, this cyber thief is not going to be able to get to the title. So what you do is you go to hometitlelock.com, and you're going to register your address. You're going to make sure that you're not already a victim, that you do own the title to your home. You're going to enter the code RADIO for 30 days of free protection. So that's HomeTitleLock.com. Use the code RADIO and protect your home title. So it doesn't line up in the three stories if you look at them all, because then he, the next one is about letting the little children come. And you say, well, what's that got to do with anything? But he made a really good point about immaturity and and frustration you know when you when you look at it in light of what happened in the first story it's basically the disciples were looking at the children as an annoyance and Jesus is like no these this is what this is what I'm looking for but cuz Jesus is looking at the innocence and the immaturity as as potential and a lot of the qualities that they see. I mean, are there annoying things about our kids from time to time? Absolutely. But we don't shut them out. (laughs) Well, but they they fell into the same trap that people always do. They're like, well, they don't know enough yet. So get them out of here because the adults are talking. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, no, wait a minute. You need to learn from them. Because you see this wide-eyed innocence, you see this wanting to be near me, that's what I want in you. So I, I think I think that's probably the human condition since there's been is that kids, it was like, well, get the kids out of here. I mean, that's the, the mindset, but he's like, no, everybody's important, every single life. Exactly. And so I, I think you're right. I think it shows it. But before you leave that, he, he didn't talk about it, but I wanted us to address in verse 10, before we leave that section on marriage, which he's right, I think. And I would add the Matthew 20 is another example of the grace and patience. But when the disciples heard what Jesus said, he was like, look, this is the way it should be. Their conclusion was the same one that Paul had later. They said, well, if this is the situation between a husband and wife, it is better not to marry. 
In other words, they were like, you know, if you know, it'd be better off if you just wouldn't even marry, because then you don't have to worry about dealing with that all these problems that have come from. Which Paul said the same thing quite a bit later. Yeah, he did. And Jesus says, not everyone can accept this word. You know, one husband, one wife, live together for your whole life. But only those to whom it has been given, which was Paul's point later, that not if you had a if you want to be married, be married, but stay committed and faithful. But if not, don't marry is what he said. For some are eunuchs because they were born that way. Others were made that way by men and others have renounced marriage because of the kingdom of heaven. The one who can accept this should, which is, again, interesting back to the grace point, Jace, because he he says this is not going to be easy for people to make this call, this decision. The one who can should. That's not, you know, that sounds like he's given some play there for you to make the best decision for you. So I, I did think it's interesting because you've made this point a lot, Dad, that some people seem to be born what I would call asexual, meaning they're not attracted to women or men, as some people say they're attracted to men, or if they're a man. And in other words, they're not attracted in that way. They just, that's not, it's not that they wouldn't get married maybe and still, you know, function as a husband and wife. It's just, they're not that way. Some of them get married when they're 70. That's right. 60. Exactly. And then some, it says, are made that way by men, which we understand that. That happened a lot in this day. In yep. age, you didn't see as much now. And then he said others have just decided, you know what? Because of the kingdom, I'm just not going to follow up. That was the Apostle Paul's argument. And that's what he said. Which to, I've always thought this was a strong argument for, obviously, traditional, what Jesus said from the beginning, one man, one woman. Because there's been a lot of, as time go, has gone by, a lot of aberrant ways to try to connect people together. Mix the genders around. We've seen some crazy stuff. He says, don't do any of that. Like the, the, what I've said is the way to do it is, is the way to do it. If you want to do something different, you should renounce that and just trust in me. And so I think ultimately that when you talk about it in this stage, but even at the end of that, he still had grace because he had it all throughout the time under law. He still has it to this very day, which was a strong point. Well, and I think when he said some were made that way by men, we, we think physically, but even emotionally, you know, there's some crazy people out there. And some people, you know, when they raise their kids, they may influence them one way or another through something traumatic or abuse or whatever. And so then it messes their mindset up on what God was talking about as far as the ultimate. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that happen, but to the speaker's credit yesterday, in every situation for any and every reason that you are the way you are there's a path to who you are in christ and a, and a purpose for for being here so i that's what i really liked about it because most people just talk about the exceptions well what if somebody does this or what if, or try to put all the pe- puzzle pieces together and he was more looking at the overall point. Yeah, God allowed some exceptions in Deuteronomy, based on Deuteronomy 24 through Moses, but he did it because we're weak, and he's not, and he does the same thing through grace in Christ, and there's no sin that you can commit that 
he won't forgive you for. You know, and and Jace, yesterday he, when he read Moses, uh, Moses, Matthew nineteen eight and nine, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. It was not this way from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, except for marital faithfulness, and marries another woman, commits adultery. He made a statement. He said, "Is this a condemnation of people, or a praise to God?" Yeah. And I thought that was a great way to frame that. In other words. We usually read that text as a condemnation of people. In other words, you know, hard hearts. And But he says, look at how great God is, because in spite of the fact they were not doing it the way he wanted them to do it, he gave them a way to deal with a situation in a hard-hearted situation. So it really is a praise to God, yeah. more than a condemnation of people, which is how we tend to approach this text. But we were kidding earlier about having a speck in our eye and then trying to get or a plank in eye and trying to get the speck out of somebody's eye. But you apply this this here. I mean, there's some groups of church people who go around and police things that like this, and they're not policing all sin, just the ones that they see right. fit. Right. And when you look at the hypocrisy of that, if we're all sinners, we're all sinners. Right. But it makes people, a lot of religious people, grace makes them uncomfortable. Because they think they immediately go to well, it's a lot. Your sinners, it's a license to sin. No, we're just reading what God said, and He's He has unlimited patience with us and forgiveness for everyone. But it doesn't change the ideal. What what Jesus wants is the two in a marriage situation to become one and let man not separate. Right. He was clear on that. Right. But then in his answer about, well, what about all these different reasons that it's not happening? It never changed what he said. He's still patient with us. He still died for us because he reminded us that in the next chapter. I mean, he could have just said, you know what? You're right. You are never going to get this right. So I'm not going to die for you. Right. But he didn't. Well, but the, the problem. tend to take it too lightly. The yeah. man marries the woman marriage. In America, we take that pretty lightly. If you don't like them, call them the next. You know, they stay yeah. married three days and then they're off to again. Right. You, you get you, somehow they have to be more serious minded. Well, when it comes to this, because the children starts crying and the families are broken up and busted up, and then there's again and again and again. It, it's 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 not but good. But you know what? What's not good for families, children. But what's amazing, Dad, is for the first. I would say almost 200 years of our existence and then whatever time before that, before we became a country, you know, you couldn't divorce for any and every reason in America, under American law. Mm-hmm. In the, actually it was, our, it was our old, you know, guy a guy that I love, Ronald Reagan in California, that brought in the, the phrase they use instead of for any and every reason, like they were debating here, irreconcilable differences. Yep. That came in from California in the 60s late 60s, that that could be a reason for divorce. And ever since then, it's been off and running, like you yeah. said. I mean, you just divorced for, you know, whatever. You, I don't like the way you look at me. Okay, we're out of here. So we've seen that that sort of expedited run of like that in this country much more recently. That's been in your lifetime. Well, yeah, I think that's Jesus' point. Is God, if you don't believe God joins you together. Right. Well, you know. And now and there your children are standing around and and the man is gone or the woman is gone, whichever one, 
they have to then raise them alone or try to find somebody. I mean, it just creates a lot of harm. Right. Well, and let's take our last break. We are at a tipping point in America. With 400,000 children in the U.S. foster care system and a quarter of those awaiting a forever family, Christians must step up. This is Jack Graham, senior pastor at Prestonwood Baptist Church, inviting you to Chosen, a summit addressing these urgent needs on Saturday, April 13th. Chosen will empower churches to begin foster care and adoption ministries and equip families who are adopting or fostering. We have great speakers joining me, including Sadie Robertson Huff and Governor Greg Abbott of the great state of Texas, along with dozens of breakout sessions. I urge you to join us and help make a difference in the lives of these precious children. Register at Prestonwood.org chosen. So it's that time of year, we like to say, tis the season, when people are looking for great gift ideas and uh, and different things to give to their loved ones. We know that uh, a lot of you guys out there in Unashamed Nation are always looking for some good uh, Unashamed merch. And so we want to let you know there's going to be a 20% off discount right now if you use the right code to be able to get some holiday items or just some items for yourself, which is always good. So you go to Phil Merch. P-H-I-L-M-E-R-C-H dot com, philmerch.com. The promo code is unashamed20. That's unashamed20. It's going to get you 20% off. And so it's some really cool looking unashamed gear. Uh, Thanks for you to give to someone just to say I love you and also support Unashamed Nation. So we love you guys. We're so glad uh, that you're out there and that you're with us. So uh, unashamed20, philmerch.com. I mean, a good, strong, structured, oh. he, Jesus said that. I mean, you shouldn't. Well, I don't think it's an accident. He talked about husbands and wives being one. And That's then right. the next paragraph talking about little children coming to him. Yep. And then the nat- last analogy is talking about money. That's What's right. the number one thing <laughs> that people fight over in marriage? Yeah. That's yep. Kids right. and money. That's yep. right. That's a good point. And it shows you how how fragile it is, but also that it doesn't have to be. And, and uh, Shula made the point yesterday that he said that somewhere along the line, because when you get into the third one, which is the rich young ruler, you get this idea that we say just because we're not under conviction of law because of what Jesus did at the cross, like somehow we shouldn't try to obey the commands of God and Jesus. Yeah. And he was like, where, where do we ever come up with that idea? I mean, yeah, that's how I mentioned that earlier. Right. It never says don't keep the law. Right. It says Jesus fulfilled the law in love, but don't look to the law for salvation. To save you. But look at it to remind you of your weakness it, and God's holy. grace. The law is holy and good, the right. Apostle Paul yeah. said in Romans 7. Which so, that was the rich young ruler's problem is that he was looking to the law for his salvation. That was the issue because we know his heart wasn't fully committed to God because when Jesus asked him, he was like, well, and then he made the point even in the question, which I thought this was interesting. I've never thought about this before. He said, now a man came up to Jesus and said, teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? And he talked about that this guy showed right off the bat that he, I mean, grace was extended to him in the sense that he wanted to do the right thing. He made a big point about that. Mm-hmm. Like he was saying, he knew he was a, you know, a pretty decent person in terms of he kept the law. He tried to do what was the right thing. He said he came with the right, you know, hat in hand. What what good thing must I do? Because, you know, I just want to make sure I'm doing the right thing. 
And he said, Jesus says, why do you ask me about what is good? There's only one who is good. If you want to enter life, obey the commandments. And then he says, which ones? And then he lists some. And he says, all these I've kept. The young man said, what do I still lack? Which was really interesting that he feel, still felt like there was something that wasn't right. Well, and, and he didn't name the commandment that he had obviously broken. So he thought, yes, <laughs> That's I've right. kept all those. I've kept all those. That's so good. Because that, <laughs> we know it wasn't perfect, but he had kept the list. Yeah. Well, you know, the one he really didn't, and Jesus didn't mention it, but the one he really missed was, you know, nothing above God. Generosity. Well, you know, do not put anything above God. And, and he had well, yeah. his love of wealth. Cause then he says, all these have kept. Jesus said, well, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions, give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. If you want to be really perfect, just go ahead and sell all everything off and come join this ragtag bunch. And you can look at the disciples looking at it with big eyes, you know, cause they looked up to this guy and then says the guy walked when he heard this, he went away sad because he was a man of great wealth. And ultimately we know that was his, his deal. Of course they got into the wealth idea and they had the same take on that. Well, if, 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 that they did on marriage, which is like, well, maybe we just don't need money. <laughs> That's right. Let's forget the whole deal. This sounds hard, and this is where you get the eye going, uh, camel going through the eye of the needle. Right. But in my one of my favorite verses, Jesus says, because they said, well, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, this is 1926, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Exactly. Which really lays the point out that you can't do it without the full heart commitment to God. There's no way in and of yourself to do enough. But and it's it, going to be hard. And it, I mean, all of this, he, did, he, he didn't say, look, this is just a piece of cake because marriage is difficult. Yeah. And he talked about all the things that happen. He just included this is difficult. Yeah. Children the, are difficult. Children are difficult. They're all different. And I don't know what happened. It's just one after another. You better not follow the same path. I mean, they're all different. It, it It's difficult. Yeah. And then with money, yeah. <laughs> just what's the number one thing you fight with with your spouse if in, in polls? And I, I really believe that. But think about how many people that you know that because they have achieved you know, success, money, wealth, fame, whatever, really don't have a lot of room in their heart for God because it's like, you know. Well, and they're still fighting over it too, about where, what's oh, yeah. going where. I mean, the lack of it is a big fight, but then when you have it, I've been on both sides of it. I had none, and I had plenty. You still have yeah. disagreements. That's exactly right. I mean, they just, it's a better disagreement when you have it. Because at least you're you're fighting over having it, right. but not having it, it's a more difficult fight, right? Because but it's mainly like, well, if you would do something with yourself, maybe you could make some more money. I'm doing the best I can, you know. That's just to give you a sample. <laughs> I had that. Well, even this last question, Jay's. So Peter follows up with this: with man, this is impossible. With God, things all things are possible. We have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? <laughs> Which is an interesting 
question because is he asking it from the idea is that is there going to be something come along? What are we going to get out of here? Because this is looking like, you know, none of us have anything. We're following you around. You don't seem to have anything. I mean, like, when, when are we going to get the thrones and the, like, you know, when are we going to kind of get a little status going? I mean, it's, and the power. it seems like that's the way he asks it. But then Jesus says, I tell you the truth, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or children or fields for my sake receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. Don't you think he prioritizes everything here? No matter what your marriage situation or your past or kids or your money situation, he's like, your relationship with me, which is what he was all about. It wasn't about the law. It was about the lawgiver and why he gave it. You know, he made that point yeah. yesterday, too, about the relationship aspect. That That's what he was trying to get across to him. You get your relationship with me right, all that you're going to be blessed. Yeah. Here and later. And I think we've kind of missed the point of trying to make it where it's like a fortune. Because when you own everything, some things don't seem to matter much anymore. In other words, Jesus is, the, we're co-heirs of the universe. That's everything. So when you start getting down to how big a pile of gold you're talking about, that's pretty low on the scale <laughs> if you own the universe. You see what I'm saying? I mean, just, but it's hard to see that perspective, you know, that it, when you're talking about eternal life and being in heaven and, you know, being a co-heir of the universe, you know, how big my stack of gold it's is or my, not, it's just not, gonna it's matter. not going to matter. And, you, and you're not going to need any money where you're going. Right. You don't need it. No. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> when you own everything, some things don't matter. So. All right. Well, we're out of time. So the our crack staff found out that the guy with the toothpick was from Uncle Buck. He was the guy. Uncle Buck. He was the guy in the bowling alley that was kind of looking sideways at Uncle Buck's niece, and he was working that toothpick, thinking he was cool. To the <laughs> Phil's dog did that on a shotgun hole today. He, went, <laughs> he had the hole was you know, holes tall yeah, and scratchy. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.